What's going on, everyone? It's Mohammed, the host of Aware Alpha, and welcome to episode 101. Uh, it sounds crazy just saying that. It's been a two-year exciting journey, and I'm just super grateful to have a platform where you know individuals are listening to the value that I am looking to bring onto this podcast. And I'm grateful for all the guests that I've come onto this show. And today I am just you know super excited for. We have a very special guest. I feel like he is the biggest guest I've ever brought onto the show after reading about him. You know, a reality TV star. 10 million views on TikTok, eight-time author. So I'm super excited to have Ken onto the Aware Alpha podcast. Welcome to the Aware Alpha show there, Ken. Hey, buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Listen, who are you talking about? It wasn't me. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem, but no problem. You know, one of the first questions that comes to my mind, I noticed uh, there was a uh, little commerce uh conversation on your uh, social media about it the subconscious mind and the conscious mind okay yes. tell us what's the difference between the subconscious and the conscious mind for anyone that's listening to the podcast that may not have even even heard of these terms so what i want to want people to understand is and i don't want to go too deep into this but i want to keep it so a fifth grader can understand it mm. think of your conscious mind as like your your conscious thoughts, uh, it's basically what you think about at any given time that you're thinking that you're conscious you're thinking about. For instance, what time it is. Uh, uh, that these are things like my dreams, my desires, things I'm consciously that I can consciously say I am thinking about this thing. My mm -hmm. wife is coming home at five o'clock, um, and your conscious thoughts are more or less the thoughts that inhabit our minds uh, on a daily basis. The, these are the um, thoughts that we, and, and, I, and I have to put this, I want to put it in so a way that, in a way so people can understand it. Uh, basically thoughts that we know we're having. Mm. Right? So you know you're having a thought about, man, I got to pick up the cleaners. I got to mm -hmm. pick up the kids. Mm -hmm. Those are conscious mind thoughts. Well, if you think about it, those conscious mind thoughts that you have, there is another part of your brain called your subconscious mind. Mm. And I want you to think of your subconscious mind as like um, your, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in a very simple way. If you think of your conscious mind, it's your output. It is the, the thoughts that come out. Mm. Um, if you were a computer, it would be the thoughts you print out. Yeah. Okay. The subconscious thoughts would be the thoughts that are on the hard drive. Mm. Okay. These are the thoughts you've stored away that you, that you put on here on your hard drive, you know, just like your computer. There mm. are many things on your computer. You don't remember what's on it. You saved a lot of things on your computer. Mm. And so your subconscious mind is much like that. Think about it like this from the age of zero, the third trimester in my mother's stomach, Mm -hmm. So I'm seven years old. I really don't have a subconscious mind. That is when it's being developed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so during that time, I'm looking to my world around me. I'm taking in stimuli, uh, how I should act, my family members, people that are close to me, what mm -hmm. they say to me. Uh, I, I observe relationships. I observe how people act towards me and what they tell me about myself. Mm -hmm. And so during that time, that hard drive is being filled up with information. Mm -hmm. All right. 
And so as we get older, we begin acting based on the subconscious. So the subconscious mind are thoughts that we have or actions that we have that we don't consciously know about. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. So when you drive somewhere, you ever driven somewhere and you didn't really consciously think about how to get there. It's just your, your mind knew, turn left here, stop yeah. here. You've got other stuff on your mind. I got to pick up the cleaners. My wife and I, we, we're doing this mm. and all of that. I got to do this on Saturday. But you got there somehow, right? Yeah. Well, your subconscious mind is what directed you there because mm. it had a memory of how to get there because you've done it over and over and over. You condition your subconscious mind to that route. Ooh. So when you think of your subconscious mind, it is all of the thoughts, all of the things you found away, experiences, thoughts, people, things people have said, things people have conditioned you to. And what happens with the subconscious mind, it is responsible for 95% of your reality. Mm. Most of us, we operate on autopilot and we're not even conscious of it. The few conscious thoughts that we have, we don't really know where they come from, but they actually are stimulated from the subconscious. Mm. So your conscious mind tells you, I got to do this. Well, where does that come from? It wow. comes from the subconscious programming that you have. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, go ahead. Say, I love the way you just explained that. Uh, the question that comes to my mind is, so what would you say? Is it the subconscious mind or the conscious mind that shapes our habits? Subconscious, all day long. Mm. Subconscious mind shapes your habits. Now, that is a very good thing. So I want you, I want to kind of take you to way the, how the mind works. Okay. So the mind is the, the sub, the subconscious mind is, it's also referred to as the habitual mind. Mm. The habitual, our habits. Our habits are formed in the subconscious, mm. right? And so every habit we have, it is because we've been conditioned or programmed, same mm. thing, to do what it is we do. So we just have this habit because we've been conditioned to do it, but it comes from the subconscious mind. And that brings up a good point. How do we override the subconscious? Because these programs are really integrated into our systems. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's really, and so that's why people have a tough time breaking habits. It's because, and one of the ways that I tell, there are several ways, mm -hmm. but one of the ways you break a habit is you replace it with another habit. Mm. another habitual behavior like the person who wasn't going to the gym wanted to lose weight you can't lose weight sitting on the couch eating donuts right mm. so you have to replace that habit with another habit mm. okay like people think you get rid of a habit well no you replace the habit mm. okay and so with the subconscious mind once you do it over and over again so it's a habitual mind the subconscious works in a, in a, in a miraculous way so it sees you doing it sees you doing it over and over again and over and over again. And so after you've done it so long, the subconscious rewrites the program and mm -hmm. says, I need to be, I'm supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so you replace the habit with another habit. Now the old programming is incongruent with the new program. Mm. I like the way you explained that. Cause so pretty much my, one of my next questions was, so if I have, you know, a bad habit of, you know, waking up at 9am in the morning, and I want to mm -hmm. instead wake up at 7am in the morning. The best mm -hmm. way you're saying is to, to change this habit is to pretty much start waking up at 7am. Force yourself, because watch this. More, and so what happens to human beings is they want to wake up, wake up at seven, but they don't feel like waking up at seven, yeah. right? 
They just don't want to do it because they've been conditioned to wake up at nine, mm -hmm. right? So what I tell them is, I said, um, I said, motion creates emotion. Ooh. Now watch this. So force yourself to get up at seven, and they say, I'll say five to seven days, mm. five to seven days. You you start the process of reconditioning. Mm. Then what happens is after the mind begins to make the shift, the mind is going to tell you you're supposed to get up at seven, mm. right? All right? And then you're going to feel like getting up at seven. What happens to most people is they want to feel like it first. They mm. want to feel like doing it first. That's not the way the mind works. Yeah. The mind works like this. If you do the motion, the emotion comes behind that. Mm, I like right. it. Damn. Right. I feel like we should be charging for this one. That's that was some good stuff right there. Um, oh, man. Oh, I heard please. you I heard you talk about conscious and unconscious questions. Yes. So, tell us a little about because that was actually the first time I had heard about the conscious subconscious mind from uh Bob Proctor a couple of years yes. ago. But I never I'm, I'm a fan. Awesome. So I'd never gone in depth with it. Uh he was just a close friend of mine, actually. His wife was a close friend of mine, so I would go over to his house. And you would always talk about, you know, I called him Bob, but I know Bob Proctor. Like, oh, you knew Bob Proctor? Yeah, personally. I, I was. Oh, in, uh, wow. So I was in an organization with his wife at the time in network marketing. This was like five, six years ago. And I used to live in Toronto and that's where Bob lived. He lived in Tone Hill in Toronto. So, but I remember he, most of his teachings was about the subconscious and the conscious mind and all that. Right. So, right. but I never really heard it the way you just explained it. And then when I heard you speak about the unconscious and conscious questions, that was new to me. So tell us a little about conscious and conscious questions. What are they? And yeah, just I'm curious to hear more on that. So I'm, I'm a relationship coach, right? Mm -hmm. And so I created this methodology because a lot of people were getting in relationships mm -hmm. and they didn't know that, you know, they would send their representative and they would act a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then six months down the road, the the relationship would go awry because the either the person would say they've changed or or, or they say you've changed. Mm. Well, the reality was you had never changed, but they had never known who you were in the first place. Mm. And so, what my thoughts is, I said so. I created this methodology um, based on Bob's teachings and a lot of other people that I've studied over the years mm. because I just applied it to dating. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was, is if I, you and I talk, right, and I tell you things like conscious things, like mm -hmm. where my, where I went to school, where do I work? Mm -hmm. These are things I don't have to think about. These are things that, 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 uh, in my conscious reasoning. Yeah. Now, to get to know you, though, I've got to go below the surface because you can never get to know a person above the surface level. You can't. It's just not possible yeah. because who they truly are is in the subconscious. Remember the programming. Yeah. So what I say is you have to be willing to ask questions, not conscious questions. You have to ask questions that only can be answered by the subconscious. Mm. So for instance, if I ask you, tell me the one thing you loved about your mother. All right. Tell me that. Tell me that. And or tell me two things that you that you um, that you learned from your last relationship. Mm. So you those are not conscious questions. 
Those are questions that the answer relies in the subconscious. Mm. So if I could teach my people how to ask subconscious questions, you could get to know the person a lot faster mm. and a lot more in depth. Mm. Even just when you just said that, the first one, like, tell me about your past relationship. I didn't have the answer. Like, I had to actually think about it. Yes. Come up with what actually, because I right off the top of my head, my conscious mind was like, ah. Uh, Oh, like, act right. About it. And exactly. Start to think about it. That's, would you say thinking is something, a habit of the subconscious mind? No, thinking is, thinking is the conscious mind. Okay. Okay. Thinking is the conscious mind. Like you were thinking, like you couldn't grasp the thought right mm. away. Yeah. That's the conscious mind trying to find it. Mm. So then the conscious, subconscious will take over and go in and find that answer after you've given it some thought. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. Let yeah. me, then the answer will, it's kind of like the answer will come to you. You ever been, I'm going to give you a prime example. Um, You ever met somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, the, you know, you know them, right? You know, you know the person, you know who it is, but you're like, oh, snap, I don't know who it is, right? Yeah. But you keep <laughs> asking your brain. Who is this person? Who is this person? Who is this? So it's your conscious mind can't grasp the answer right away, right? Mm. You ever walked away and all of a sudden the answer came to you? Yeah. Oh, that's John. Yeah. Well, your subconscious mind took over and looked into your file cabinets. Mm. That's who that is. Mm. You see the difference? Yeah, that's a great answer. So you said you're a relationship coach. And based on what I've seen on Instagram as well, this is almost like, I'm asking this question almost like as if it's a personal question because it's like my own mind is curious because I'm a single guy, you know, navigating business and life and everything. And at the same time, I feel like I'm in a stage in my life, 32 years old, where I'm ready for a relationship. So my question for you is, how could one actually know if they're ready for a relationship? Um, well, how they are ready, how, how to know if they're ready. Mm -hmm. like myself how do i know if i'm ready for a relationship you know that's a very good question thank you and so that question is different for everybody mm. but the one way that i say that a person is ready mm. number one they've done work on themselves Ooh. They, 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 they've done work to become a better version of themselves because a lot of times we're wanting something we're wanting the other person to make us better to make us feel better mm. right the one way you know is i'm already better yeah i'm already better so now i want to attract someone who's better mm. all right i want to give my life the life that i've made better to someone else mm. and i want them to give me the life that they've made better to me hmm that's so, the what I wanted to ask was you said working on yourself. The first thing that came to my mind was like, you know, working on my physical body, working out, exercising, getting my money right. Well, give me some examples of what does working on yourself look like? Good question. So all of the things you said, get my money right. OK, that's good. That's great. And then you said, get my body right. OK, mm -hmm. well, those things make you personally better. But let's talk about what's going to make you better in a relationship. Right. Mm. So I need to learn conflict resolution. I need to learn how to communicate. Mm. I need to be willing to understand another person's love language. And, mm. and, and now I don't have to know it all. 
Yeah. But what I've got to do is I've got I another way you know you're ready for a relationship mm -hmm. because you know what a relationship is? A relationship is an unwritten contract. Mm -hmm. And this unwritten contract says I am going to meet your emotional needs. I agree mm -hmm. to meet your emotional needs. Now, mm -hmm. all right? And the other person is agreeing to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. It's an unwritten contract. But you ever notice whenever I coach and counsel people, when the relationship is about to end, mm -hmm. you know what? Someone didn't fulfill the contract, the unwritten contract, and mm -hmm. their needs were going unmet. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that you're going to meet everybody, all a person's needs. You're not. Mm -hmm. But when a person feels like you're not making the effort to meet this need that I have, mm -hmm then they feel like you've breached the contract. Now they don't say it like I'm saying it, yeah. but I'm, I'm just putting context to it. Mm. I learned that from this book, one of the best books. I learned it years ago. One yeah. of the best books I've ever read called His Needs, Her Needs. Ooh, uh, I write that down. By William Farley. Okay. One of the best books, books ever on, on when it comes to relationships. Mm. I'm going to be reading that. Because... You know, I do, I read three books a month. Well, I do audible three books a month because mm. I, I don't have time to actually get the physical books. But if I like the book a lot, mm. uh, I'll get a physical book as well. Mm. So yeah. that's, that's how you know you're ready. When you're ready to meet someone else's, number one, mm. you're ready to become a better version. You've become a better version of yourself. Mm. Number two, you're ready to meet their emotional needs. Mm. You know? And, I, and just from my personal experience, I would say the best way to meet your partner's emotional needs would be if you learn how to meet your own emotional needs. Part of it. And that's part of it. And that's a good thing. That's 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 a, a good observation you make, because when you're willing to meet your needs, mm. you put yourself first. Mm. A lot of people think and I want to break this down. A lot of people think selfishness is bad it is not mm. selfish is good self-centered is bad mm. the difference is selfish i've got to love me mm. to, to, before i can love anybody else because the truth is i can only love you to the degree that i love myself mm. because i have love in me and i'm reflecting it onto you the yeah. second thing is is we get confused selfish from self-centered Self-centered, I'm selfish, I love me, and I can now, I have the capacity to love you. Self-centered is, it's all about me, mm. only about me. You see the difference? Yes, yes, I like that. Oh, man, I am I feel like I am, my own mind is getting expanded right now, listening to this, uh, even these questions. It's definitely even helping me myself. So, Ken, tell us a little about yourself, like, you know, background, are you married? Do you have kids? How old are the kids? Yeah, I'm, I'm married. Um, I, I, got, I always tell people I got, I got, a, I got a wife, uh, a side chick, and a girlfriend, all in one woman. <laughs> we've, been married, we've been married 21 years. She is my mm -hmm. best friend. Um, and my story goes, a lot of it is we, we were going, we've been married 21 years. We we're going to divorce. Mm. We headed for a divorce court 14 years ago. Mm. And how I actually got into relationship coaching, I've been coaching a lot longer than that, but um, we were headed for a divorce court. We couldn't stand each other. We just, yeah. oh my God, we couldn't communicate, mm. couldn't resolve conflict. She didn't like me very much. I didn't like her very much. Mm. 
Mm. And uh, I'll never forget this particular day, man. We were just beefing. I've never put my hands on my wife, but the words that I said mm. were just as uh, probably more harmful. Mm. Uh, and I'll never forget it. That particular day, we were just hurling insults. She said them to me too. And we, she said out of the clear blue sky, she says, can I, can I, um, she says, can we, can we just get out of the house? Mm. Because we've been arguing for months. Mm. Everything she did irked me. Everything I did irked her. And so we were driving down the street. I'll never forget it. And she was looking out of her window. I was looking out of my window. And, um, you know, we weren't talking. Mm -hmm. So she said, I'm hungry. Well, at that point, I was hungry too. Mm -hmm. But I had just gotten off a reality show. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reality shows, The Biggest Loser, I had lost 150 pounds. And I was trying to get my health back. Mm. And I never forget that I didn't have any money because I had to turn away $60,000 worth of business. Mm. But when she said, there's a Wendy's over there. And I never forget it. And I was like, I only have $7. Mm. I only had seven bucks. And so we drove through and we got these little meals that were $2.99 a piece. Mm. And, I, I, and I did a video that uh, the video was called How $7 Saved My Marriage. Mm. And um when we were pulling through the drive-thru, she said, can you park? And I'm like, for what? She was like, we got to talk. So we parked, I parked, and I'll never forget it. We spent two hours and 42 minutes there, mm -hmm. just in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I learned more about my wife. We had been together for a long time, but I learned more about my wife in that two hours and 42 minutes than I had learned in all the previous years we had been together. Mm -hmm. And we developed a conflict resolution system, a system. I mean, really, it's simple as shit, but it saved our marriage and it saved a lot of other marriages. And at that point, I realized I had a greater purpose mm. to do this, to help couples, help individuals. And so that was that's how that's how Coach Ken from relationship was formed. Um, but but yeah, man. So I, and, and, I, you know, the funny thing is, I've always been in the human behavior, though. Mm. You know, I've always but I used to use it in branding and marketing. Mm. I know how to build brands, yeah. uh, much the Coach Ken brand I built. Yeah. Um, um, and so, um, but this was a greater purpose for me. Mm. And so that's 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 how I, that's how I got there. Yeah, and, I, and I've written eight books, mm. uh, sold a half a million books or more. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff I've done, but that, that your listeners not worried about they don't they don't care about that. They mm -hmm. want they're thinking about their own stuff. Mm -hmm. But I am qualified to help them. Let's just put it like that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. First of all, congrats on losing over 150 pounds. That is yeah, appreciate an accomplishment and a half. Second, yeah. thank you for sharing just the story about your marriage and everything. And that's yeah, that's so profound, you know, just the whole idea of like you guys were actually going for divorce, and then now 14 years later best friends you know side chick, all that like in one place so that's amazing that's yeah. i would say the hashtag relationship goals for me just hearing that right so that's amazing yes. i think most important thing is the fact that you found your purpose where you know a lot of people are money motivated and it sounds like for you after that situation and it saved your marriage you almost like you found your purpose and what actually drives you and you decide to stick with it, which, and then now look where you are and probably have, you know, saved hundreds of marriages with what you're Oh, absolutely. Right? I have. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you're right. It's a greater, I'm glad you said that. 
because it is it's a greater purpose for me mm. uh, from a standpoint of you know I feel like yes we live in an an economic grid and financial grid that mm. you've got to make money but I feel like if you're great at what you do money is just the result of that and, yeah. uh, and I've been blessed at, at what I do to uh, to be in a position to help a lot of people and uh, and get rewarded for it. No, I love that. Uh, I'm actually reading a book right now. It's called Hold Me Tight. And it's uh, seven conversations. It's, I think, the Gottman Institute about uh, couple therapy and stuff like that. Um, okay, one of the yeah. I have is, so you're, uh, one of your solutions when it comes to relationships and how to navigate through them is, you said, conflict resolution? Yes. Uh, just give it, tell us a little about that on a practical level. Like, what does that actually look like? Let's say, you know, couples are coming to you and they are navigating through the challenges on a practical level. What does that look like for them to start implementing that in their, uh, marriage and in their relationship? So let me start by saying this, disagreements are inevitable. Mm. Every relationship is going to have them. Mm. Arguing is optional. Do you see the difference? Yeah. So when my wife and I have a disagreement now, we don't argue, but we rarely, I'm, I'm not going to say it, never. Mm. We rarely argue about anything. Mm. Now we have disagreements from time to time because um, we both see the world differently. I'm really aggressive. Yeah. She's not. And, and so we will have disagreements. Mm. However, we don't argue. We rarely argue. Mm. And so we start from that point. You start, we start from conflict resolution starts with communicating your emotions, how you feel, and someone giving the space to do that, okay? Because most times, uh, well, I won't say most times, but a lot of times people simply want to be right. Mm. It's going to be right. And so when you resolve conflict, resolving conflict doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get everything you desire. Mm. It simply means that this conflict we have will be resolved without animosity, without arguing. Mm. Um, and we still might not be eye to eye on it, but we not only understand the other person's position, mm. and I'm willing to honor that. Mm. She's willing to honor my position. And sometimes it, 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 this is the part where people don't don't really like. You can, at the end of the day, agree to disagree. Mm. You can. It's okay to disagree. It's okay that we didn't come up with a solution mm. so much so, um, and we can agree to disagree. Mm. Um, and so, conflict resolution is all about resolving disagreements without arguing. Mm. It doesn't, and that doesn't mean your emotions won't get heightened. Sure. Yeah. But still, it it doesn't have to lead to arguing. Mm. And so that's how, that's 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 what I mean by it. Mm, I like that. It's almost like you have to come from a space of you guys are on the same team. No matter what happens, yes. we're on the same team. Exactly. No, that's it. You just hit it. You hit the nail on the head. And if you come, because a lot of couples are in competition with each other, and it's amazing they won't they won't say it until I until I show it to them. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll still try to deny it. And but but um, but you're right. If my if my teammate, I'm not trying to destroy my teammate. Mm -hmm. 
because my teammate is helping me achieve my goals as well as me helping my teammate achieve their goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Uh, you, I think I, so what are unconscious goals? We're, now, now, goals are not necessarily unconscious. Mm. Goals are conscious. Because mm. goals are critical thinking or or conscious thought process. That's the part of the mind that's in the conscious mind. Mm. Yeah, that's not that's not unconscious. Okay. Now, how we how we get to those goals? There may be some conscious, unconscious programming that mm. either prevents us or helps us. Mm. Because uh, you know, habitual behaviors, you know what I'm saying, beliefs. Subconsciously, mm -hmm. I believe that I can't reach it. Subconsciously, I believe that they told me I wasn't going to get it. That's in the subconscious because mm -hmm. that's part of the belief. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, so, man, I, I just love all the different topics we're touching on here. I do have, a, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. And I feel like the the coaching industry, especially in this, on social media, there's so many talks about masculine and feminine energies and how, you know, we both have these energies within us as men. What are your thoughts on men tapping into their feminine energy? And is there any benefits to it? Or would you say that there's just no benefits for a man evolving into being, you know, the man of his dreams by tapping into his feminine energy? So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. First off, we both have energy, both energies, masculine and feminine. Mm. If a man cannot tap into his masculine energy, because, okay, see, the, the masculine energy is that energy where it's deadline-oriented, it's the logical mind, detail-oriented, it's the go-getter, mm. all of that, the aggressive mindset. Yeah. The problem is, is you can, you can succeed in your masculine energy. Mm. However... The, the feminine energy is the creative side. It's the side about flowing. It's the side about using your emotions. In business, it's the side about seeing what the customer feels. Mm. If you're not tapped into the physical, the feminine energy or having someone around you mm. that is tapped in, you're not going to be completely successful or as successful as you could be. Mm. Yes, it's a balancing act. Mm. Absolutely. We live in a masculine grid, yes, because that is rewarded, detail-oriented, all of that. Mm. But then you don't have the empathetic side, the creative side, the vulnerable side. That side is necessary, too. I think I think a lot of what leads to toxic max masculinity mm. is not incorporating feminine energy. Mm. I yeah. like that. And what, what would you say for a man what are some practical ways to start tapping into their feminine energy? It's getting in touch with how they feel. Mm. Because a lot of us men, we've been taught not to share our emotions. Mm -hmm. We process how you feel. Talk right. with someone. That's why I say therapy or coaching. Uh, you know, talk with people how you feel about what, 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 who you've become. Mm. Processing those emotions help you tap into that side. But what we want to do is suppress them. Yeah. Mm. When you suppress them, though, I, 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 it's a seed and every seed grows into something. Mm. Sometimes it grows into anger, frustration. Mm. Sometimes it grows into, um, you know, where I'm alone. Yeah. All of those things lead down a dark path. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I like how you explain that. So, you know, you're, you're a father. How important do you think it is like for a, for a boy, especially to have a father in his life? Oh, man, I thank God for my father. I was talking about him the other day and, um, you know, he directed me and I tried, that's why I'm there for my, my kids. Mm. Uh, it's immeasurable. I can't even begin to tell you. He was the first one. My father was uh, the first one taught me about sales. He 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 was in sales his whole life. Okay. And he made a great living, you know, and he said, you can be or have anything. I'll never forget one of the fondest memories I have, but it wasn't fond at the time. Mm. I used to get in my dad's car. He always drove a new car mm. because they would give out, he would have a loaner. Mm. And I mean, not a loaner, but, you know, demo cars is what they okay. called them. Car salesman. Yeah. And he said, and I would get in his car and I remember he would have motivational stuff playing. Mm. And I'm thinking, why are you playing all these white guys? It's boring <laughs> as hell. Mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself. And then one day I asked him, I said, Dad, can we listen to the radio? Yeah. And he was like, no, oh, son, we're going to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do you listen to these boring white men? Yeah. He said, because they have something that you need. Ah. See, if you listen to them, there is a formula for success, even as boring as it sounds, that mm. you, from now, you need to always be a lifelong learner. Mm. Always. Because that's the key to your success. And it stuck mm. with me. Mm. You know, and here I am teaching others. But yeah, so just the, the, just the little lessons that he taught me, um, it's immeasurable. So I don't think you can replace mm. either the father figure or mm. the father. They serve the same purpose yeah. in the child's life. Mm. Uh, but I think it's immeasurable. Mm, I love that. That was a great answer. Um, going back into the feminine and masculine energy. So from personal experience, I was in a very good relationship two, three years ago. And what happened was I was you no know, still new. I'm still a kid in a way. I tapped, I, I was too much in my feminine energy when I, after getting into this relationship. So I went from being the masculine to being the boy, just looking for mom in a way. That's really mm -hmm. how it started playing out for me, right? So my question is, and this is something I'm continuously asking male role models in my own life, and I'm always curious oh. to hear their answers. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So my question is, when you're in a relationship, how important, like, what's the balance of being in your feminine energy with your female partner? Uh, so the another way to ask this question is, I, I have asked some people say where you don't want to be bringing all your emotional issues and stuff to the plate with your woman. Have brothers, have therapists, have a circle where you share most of that stuff with them and don't bring too much of that to your plate to your woman's plate but then i've also heard certain men say that no it's okay that brings more connection deepens the intimacy within if you cry to her and share with you what's going on and what's bothering you and all this stuff you being a relationship coach and navigating and helping so many people i'm curious to hear your thoughts on what's the balance like how much of the emotions and the issues of what a man goes through should he be opening up to his significant other so let me put this, let me put this in perspective. Mm. Uh, be quiet. Come here, my dog. Come here. 
Hi, sorry about that. That's all good. Um, but here's the thing. You have to think about inherently what feminine energy, and I often say women, a lot of them are using masculine energy, but they're natural um, because of testosterone and the way we've been conditioned in society. Their natural energy is feminine. Now, a lot of them don't tap into that because they're not, they've been in their masculine energy, energy for so long. But let's talk about that. So a, a feminine energy wants a masculine energy to lead it. So for instance, if you're in a relationship, think about it. A woman, even if she's in her masculine, she wants, um, wants masculine energy to take over because mm. the masculine energy that's in her, it's actually draining her. Mm. it's actually draining so the masculine energy looks like this in a relationship okay i'm gonna lead the relationship so a lot of times men say things like this well what do you want to do mm. well, what, what do you want to do i'm going to do what you want to do yeah. right and the masculine energy says i'm gonna make a decision i'm like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna do this now if you don't like that you tell me that but this is what decision that i'm making okay yeah. and the masculine energy is confident about that decision Okay, do you follow where I'm going? Yeah. Now, where masculine is confidence. Masculine is um, decisive. Masculine says, I'm going to lead, mm -hmm. and I'm going to lead in this, this situation. Mm -hmm. That's what masculine says. I'm focused on where we're going, see? Mm -hmm. And so her masculine takes a back seat to that masculine once that masculine is present. Mm. Okay, where a lot of guys get it twisted is they start leading with the feminine vulnerability. Um, they want to be creative. They want to be, you know, you decide. Yeah. Well, they don't want to decide. They mm -hmm. want to because they've been doing that. They've been yeah. doing that. Mm. And, and so they don't understand why. Eh, okay. But I've been doing that. Mm. And so then they can be their natural nurturing self, which is feminine energy. Mm, I love that. That was a great way of explaining it. Why do you think it's so hard? And not just men, you know, obviously women probably as well, you know, 40% of my listeners are women as well. So let's just focus on men. Like, why is it so hard for men to communicate their needs? Okay, easy. I'm glad you asked that question. Mm. Let's go back to the subconscious mind. Mm. When you were, when, when a child was young, what do... When a guy, when a little boy starts crying, mm. what do they tell him? When I, remember, I remember this clearly because my dad told me this when I was five. Men don't cry. Men don't cry. What else they say? Suck it up. Suck it. Yeah. Uh, be tough. Mm. In my culture, don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Now think about all of the things we were conditioned in our subconscious. Mm. We were really conditioned to suppress our emotions. Mm. And so now we become a 30-year-old man, yeah. a 20-year-old man, and we don't know how to communicate because we've been, the only thing we've been taught is to suppress our emotions, mm. right? And so now I'm not equipped to do it. I'm not equipped to communicate because women, on the other hand, have been conditioned to share their emotions. Yeah. You follow me? Mm -hmm. And so you're asking me to do something I've never been equipped to do. Hmm. And what would you say is the steps, the practical steps one could take? I guess I could say you just start to do it, but like on a practical steps that where if I'm in a relationship, 
that I could take to start to communicate my needs. And let's assume it, a healthy relationship. This woman is healthy. Like she's willing to listen. She's willing to work this out. In that stage, in that scenario, what could I do as a man now to start expressing my needs and being able to communicate my needs without fear, trauma, and my old programming's playing out? Get coaching. Remember mm. what, we, what I talked about earlier? Becoming yeah. a better part of you is a better version of yourself. Mm. That that's what you could get. Mm. That that's a good. Hold, hold one second. My wife keeps calling me. Okay, um, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. Can I have to take a phone call from the big boss, the wife? So we just paused the uh, podcast there. But go ahead, Ken. You were mentioning about men. Now we can able to communicate. And what's the best way to start? And you said get coaching. And then that's where we yeah, are. Yeah, because think about it. On your job, like people have jobs, right? Mm. And we and the only way you get good at the job is you you're equipped, you're trained, you're mentored, somebody, somebody hands-on showing you how to do the job. Why is it, Muhammad, why is it that we get into relationships mm. and we've never been equipped, but we expect them to work? Yeah. We've never been equipped on conflict resolution, we've never been equipped on how to communicate, but we expect them to work. Mm. It doesn't make sense, it's counterintuitive. And so what I tell people is, is you train people on how to love you mm. because she's coming, you're coming, both of you have your own experiences, both of you have your own conditioning, both of you have your own subconscious programming. Mm. And so now you're coming together and you're not equipped because you don't know how to communicate mm. and now stuff's going wrong and you don't know what to do. Mm. That's why. Mm. That's how. And I can't make it any better. I can't understand because it wasn't until I began to get training and beginning to understand how my wife thought, why it was important to understand, to tap in. How did I tap into her subconscious? Yeah. It wasn't, it was one time when my wife was going through a, a depression and, and it was, it was the, because I knew how to tap in that I could help her. It took, it took us a year to get through it, mm. but we worked through it. In that year, if I was not able to go deep inside her to figure out where it came from, mm. how can we eradicate it? How can we override this? Mm. And we did. Mm. And she wrote a book about it. Mm, that's amazing. What's the name of the book? It's called... Um, I am simply net. Be simply you. Let me see if I got a. I got, we we sold so many of them. See, it may be. This is our new book. Mm. Uh, I can show you a copy. It's in. It's in. It's in there. Okay. It's in our other room. It's in it's in my other um, studio. Nice. So yeah, it's on, it's on Amazon. No, no, it's on our website. It's on our website. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what are, I have a couple more questions here before we wrap it off. Sure. What are some things when, you know, I'll ask for men and women. So for women, what type of men should they, should they be avoiding when they want to start dating? Um, I think first she has to determine what her relationship goals are. Mm. All right. And based on her goals, then that tells me what type of man she should avoid. Okay. Now, when you say avoid, mm -hmm. because what I mean by avoid, everybody comes with some some baggage. Yeah. Right? So nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. But the first thing you got to say is, is what you want and what I want are the incongruent. 
congruent? Mm. Are, are our goals, our desires incongruent? Mm. We start there, okay? Mm. Um, and then you say there, there are some that I tell people you need to avoid, though. Mm. Even in that, number one, avoid Mr. Controlling. Mm. Where are you going? I need to control everything you're doing. You avoid Mr. Controlling. Mm -hmm. I, I did a list of these not too long ago. Okay. I, I said, avoid Mr. Pessimistic mm -hmm. because he's going to bring down everything. Everything's negative. Every, it's everybody else's fault. It's nothing good comes about in the world. Mm -hmm. That energy is going to permeate into your, your, your relationship. Mm -hmm. Then I will say, now this one, I'm, I'm kind of, I always say this one right here, it's, you, you got to take this with a grain of salt once you get equipped. Mr. Emotionally Unavailable. However, a person might be, you got to understand why they're emotionally unavailable. Mm. If they don't want to let you get beneath the surface, mm. okay, then that's, that that's, that's, I preface that. And that's why you got to understand how to ask questions. And then number four is Mr. Entitled. Mm. He wants to guilt you into, oh, you need to be doing this for me because, mm. you know what, because I'm, you're supposed to be yeah. doing that for me. You know what I'm saying? That type of verse. Um, but those are those four are guys who, you know, I tell people you need to avoid. Now, <laughs> here's what board guy. It depends on the relationship, but Mr. Inconsistent. Mm. And Mr. Inconsistent is not really trying to have a relationship with you in that way. Mm. I like that. That's so great. those are five, five guys I would avoid if I were you. Mm. That's a great list. I'm sure the ladies listening to this podcast are going to definitely get value from that. And I also to just go back to what you were saying. I love how you explained that, you know, in our jobs, we get training in our everything we do. You know, if I want to lose weight, I got a fitness trainer to teach me. But yet we get into relationships, we get into marriages without any training. And a lot of times we come with not good training, you know, not good habits already in these, you know, learning from mom, dad, and any other existing relationships that might not have been healthy. And so we come here already not with good tools to navigate to a relationship and we just expect it to work. Right. And like, I love how you said that you're like coaching, you know, like without it, and it's interesting where I feel like the, the masses in the world, they look at it as if like, if I need, if a couple are going to therapy, oh, they got problems. Or they're right, but that, right. They're going to therapy to prevent problems. Yeah. They're going to coaching to prevent problems. It, it's perspective. It's, yes. see, that's, because the truth is, like I said, disagreements are going to happen. Mm -hmm. They're inevitable. Yes. Yeah, I love the way you explained that. And then now one of the last questions here, let's focus on men here. So a man that's ready to you know, have a serious relationship with a woman and he wants someone to build with, what are some types of women that he should avoid when he is getting into the dating market and looking to find his so-called queen? Number one, Mr. You got to pay for everything. I don't need, I mean, Miss, you got to pay for everything. Mm. That person right there. Yeah. All right. And so... I would say that um, any any woman who is not concerned about your financial situation, and I don't, I, I mean, men should invest, mm -hmm. but everything. She never wants to pay for it, Mister Miss. I never want to pay for anything. Yeah. All right, 
that's her. Because we go, go to a store, we run in the store, and if she's not willing to invest any of her resources in you, I'd avoid her. Yeah. All right? Miss, miss rebound. I'm mm. coming off a rebound. Mm. All right? I want to, you know, used, people used to say things like, best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else, yeah. which is the dumbest shit ever. Yeah. Um, if she's getting out of a relationship, if she's still emotionally connected to someone else, mm. Mm. Number three, Miss Independent. Mm. The Miss Independent is not someone who doesn't want to. It's someone who says, I don't want a man. I don't need a man. I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm independent. Well, mm. that energy, because yeah, you may not need him financially. Mm. But what about emotionally? Mm. We all need, we all need something emotionally. Yeah. And that's that's the problem. Those, those are the three. Uh, and then Miss, I would say the per Miss Angry, who Miss Angry and Bitter, who was always mad about all men do this, my last relationship this, she can't move forward from that. Mm. That's a great list. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so as we finish out the podcast here, Ken, first of all, let everybody know where they can find you. I'm going to include Stop. details. I'm sorry, my dog is, you, you, where you can find me? Yeah. You can find me at... Um, at at Coach Ken Canyon, K-E-N-C-A-N-I-O-N, Coach Ken Canyon on any platform. Mm -hmm. YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Okay. Um, and that's where you can or, or Facebook. Coach Ken Canyon on the exact same thing on all of my uh same name, same brand. You can find me, you can catch me on any platform. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm going to definitely include all that stuff in the detail section of the podcast. Lastly, I want to say, Ken, so much. Thank you so much for giving us about an hour of your time. Every single question, I was getting value from it. And I'm sure the listeners listening to this podcast are going to get value from it as well. And I'm sure probably going to take some lessons and start implementing them in their day-to-day -day life and relationships. So lastly, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast here with me. I appreciate you, mom. And keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Because you're empowering people, you're helping people grow. All right. And thank you for having me. Awesome. And thank you so much. And as we finish off the podcast, guys, you know, it's been a pleasure. 101 podcasts. I look forward to the next 100, 200, 300. The other day, I was doing the numbers and I was like, by the time I release the 500 episode, I will be around 40 years old. And I'm only 32 right now. So <laughs> forward to bringing massive value to these platforms. And until next time, stay an aware alpha.